This is Work Perks Podcast, episode 007, with me, Brian McCammon. Now, I had hoped to put this out last Tuesday, but for several different reasons, episode 007 didn't make a lot of sense. On October 31st, or Halloween, two things happened that really made me reevaluate the timing of this episode. Uh, for those of you that know me well, and those that don't, you're about to learn, I'm a huge James Bond fan. I've seen every single film. I own every single film, at least of the MGM-registered uh, films. And unfortunately, on October 31st, Sean Connery, the original James Bond, passed away. And I wanted to have some fun with the episode, calling it episode 007. I didn't think that was terribly appropriate. There was another event that happened on that same day that also made me reevaluate the content of episode 007. And that was my sweet little dog, Kalua, nine years, four months old, had lost her battle with immune-mediated hemolytic anemia, or IMHA, and unfortunately had to cross the Rainbow Bridge. Seeing how I have had that dog for quite a long time, and her and I have seen some life experience, rightfully so, I wasn't exactly in a good frame of mind to publish a podcast episode. So I decided to take the week off, and here I am, back at it, and trying to share with you something that I thought would be honoring her um, and today's topic. So I decided to talk about pet insurance. In order to do that, I'd like to share with you a story first uh, about Kalua, a.k.a. the original booze hound, uh, you know, my 45-pound kneecap high, full of energy, border collie chow mix, who was found as a puppy, roughly three months old, in a rail yard on the west side of Glendale, Arizona. So this all started on a weekend uh, in about May May or June, the exact date eludes me and really isn't important. This normally active dog started acting a little dumpy, a little slow. So, you know, being the good pet parent that I am, said, hey, I'm going to keep an eye on this. And out of precaution, set up a vet appointment. She's getting up there in age. So we set one up uh, for the Monday, a couple days after, and just decided to keep an eye on her. So, That Monday morning, we're going for our normal walk around the apartment complex, stretching our legs, doing our doggy ones and twos, and something that I had never experienced with any animal before happened. She basically started shaking and sat down in the parking lot. At this moment, I'm having, you know, sheer panic. I have my three-year-old German short hair pointer with me, Woodford, also a booze hound. And dump out my coffee, stash my Yeti mug in a bush, pick up my dog, and beeline it back for my apartment. Uh, Gather what I need, dog harnesses, all that good stuff to keep them, both of them, secure in the car. And I jump in the car. And I'm not sure where I'm going, so I pick up the phone and call the vet that we had been going to that they had an appointment scheduled with and said, hey, something happened. I need to come in early. They said, It's not going to happen. Thinking back, and I don't know why this thought crossed my head, I remembered there's an emergency vet um, here in Tampa 
that is actually quite large and found all across the U.S., Blue Pearl Emergency uh, Veterinarian Practice. So I called up Blue Pearl, and they said, yep, come on over to our main office um, off of Bush Lakes Boulevard. So we jump in the car, head up there. I'm, at this point, pretty nervous, shaking. Dog seems to be okay, but something's off. So they get her in, and they start examining. This was about 8.15 in the morning. And again, I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is going on with this dog? I've had her since she was a puppy. We've had a wildly active life uh, and lifestyle. We go on bike rides, runs, walks. Uh, This dog has swam in the Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, the back rivers of Tennessee, the Gulf of Mexico, hiked mountains in the Grand Canyon. Uh, Always, you know, built, uh, built Kahlua tough is what I like to say. So as we waited, time went on, time went on, and and I'm in the parking lot there for about three hours, and I finally receive a call. And at this point, I'm terrified. As I mentioned, I've been in the car about three hours with my GSP, pacing, listening to music, researching, texting friends, trying not to cry, all of the just wild roller coaster of emotions. And so they called. They said, we've done a slew of tests. We've done blood tests. We've done sonograms to rule out cancerous lumps. Uh, you know, they, I'm even drawing a blank at the moment, everything else that they ran. But what they had said was she was anemic. Her red blood cell count was extremely low. And at the point, actually, of being on death's doorstep, and in order to get out of that doorstep, we need to have a blood transfusion. I didn't even know that was a thing for dogs, but I said, absolutely. Cost is no issue. Do it. So they did, and they kept running more and more tests. We ended up leaving Woodford and I right around 4 o'clock. We had been there most of the day. We had two trips to McDonald's to get some food in our stomachs, trying to have a better understanding of what exactly was going on. Unfortunately, Kalua didn't come home with us. She had to stay there. She was there for two days, and during those two days of rest recovery, she received a second blood transfusion, And the most likely um, medical condition was the IMHA, which is where your, uh, your immune system, a dog's immune system, attacks its own red blood cells. And quick science lesson, if you don't have red blood cells, you can't get oxygen and you slowly are starving yourself uh, or suffocating yourself, I should say. Well, we got lucky. She was able to come home after about two, two and a half days. And she was on three sets of drugs, uh, a steroid twice a day, a blood thinner once a day, and a immunosuppressive drug twice a day. Luckily for us, all of those drugs weren't terribly expensive, but we were saddled with a bill from that immediate window of time, the 48 hours or so, of about $6,000. And I had a brief heart attack. Not because I'd ever once thought my dog wasn't worth that, but it was, I wasn't planning on this. So, what was the prognosis? IMHA cannot be cured. It can only be managed. So, at best, we were on a, a long road to recovery of lots of medications and careful medication management to see if we could get those red blood cell counts up. For the next several days, as Kalua was home and getting her strength back, 
Uh, she was eating and drinking a lot, one of the side effects of the steroids. So what we quickly figured out was she'd have to go out. Um, she'd have to go outside to go pee once every couple of hours, including in the middle of the night, one to two in the morning. So inside of our first week home, she had, I mean, this is a house trained dog, four accidents in the house. Uh, and it would have to be carried up three flights of stairs. And mind you, it's a Florida summer. So it was quite a process. And, and this went on for about three months. And fast forward to, you know, lots of vet checkups once a week. We were at Blue Pearl getting blood draws to see where the anemia was trending up or down, what the numbers were looking like. And again, fast forward to October 31st and a slew of kind of deterioration. And we finally arrived at that point where it was time for Kahlua to cross the Rainbow Bridge. It was not my finest moment. I cried a lot. I'm not afraid to admit it. I've since come to terms with the fact not that I lost a companion and a beautiful dog, but rather I had nine years and about three and a half, four months of beautiful memories with a great companion, which leads me to, again, today's topic of pet insurance. So many people in America have pets, and they're such a huge part of our family. In 2017, according to the American Pet Products Association, Americans spent roughly $70 billion in pet care. Let's whittle that down. According to the North American Pet Health Insurance Association report published in 2017, $1.2 billion was spent spent, excuse me, in pet insurance. Now, the important thing to remember about pet insurance is it is not designed for everyday use, rather the unexpected, like immune-mediated medi- uh, hemolytic anemia, or IMHA. Couple that and the love that people have for their pets. And again, we see this with things like BarkBox, uh, Rover, Chewy.com, all of these things coming around that, you know, when when I was a kid in the 90s. This didn't exist. Pets were loved, but not nearly to the level they are today. Um, Combine all of this with the fact that 56% of Americans have $5,000 or less in savings. And 67% of households, and potentially even you listening, own a pet. Dog, cat, uh, fish, hamster, turtle, tortoise, you name it. The reason I bring up specifically the savings is if you remember a couple of minutes ago, I referenced that the first bill for IMHA was the emergency bill, was several thousand dollars. That started to scratch the surface of the total. I won't share with you the exact amount, um, but it was a lot. And it was one of those situations where I had consciously made the decision several years earlier to not have pet insurance because of the financials. So I want to highlight a few different of the uh, a few different components of pet insurance and some things to think about. First, there are four kinds of primary coverages when it comes to pet insurance, very very similar to our own health insurance. The first is accident only. Uh, think of that as 
just what it is. Dog has an accident, tears an ACL. Perhaps it could be a tragic or, or major accident, hit by a car, um, tick bite, uh, snake bite, if you're, if you're out hiking or camping, something to that extent. The second type is comprehensive. Now that it has accidents, illnesses, and preventive care. Comprehensive obviously is going to cost a bit more because it does include illnesses and preventive care, but as the name implies, much more comprehensive. Third kind, wellness plans. All this covers is your routine exams, your you know once a year, well doggy, well kitty checkups, stuff like that. Um, and then the fourth is routine visits, similar to the wellness plans. Um, one caveat, the wellness plans tend to have vaccines included. In any event, these are your four primary plans. And again, it's, it's important to remember that pet insurance is, is not for every day, but for the unexpected. So those are your four types of coverages. Ultimately, you get to decide which one makes the most sense. There are many carriers out there that offer this perk, uh, and you can access it through your employer or on an individual basis. Going a bit deeper, there's four types of benefits. The first is the unlimited lifetime. So that means once your deductible is paid, there is no caps. For example, you have a pet insurance plan on your dog, and you have a $500 deductible. Once you pay that first five, it is a blank check for that policy to pay for whatever uh, your dog, again, or cat, is receiving care for. Not uncommon, not terribly common. As you can imagine, anytime an insurance company is going to be on the hook for essentially a blank check, you're paying for it in the, in the sense of uh, higher premiums. Your second, annual maximum. So that's a key term there because that's where the provider or the insurer sets a cap on what is covered on an annual basis or a per year basis. So maybe you have a $500 deductible, but a cap of 5,000. It's also pretty safe to say, and and you can do some math and do some basic research on where you would like that annual maximum to be, uh, you know, based on what some pretty big or or catastrophic medical bills can be. Again, uh, I'm not a veterinarian, but in my experience, usually traumatic or, or big event uh, bills tend not to cost more than five or $6,000. Uh, now, again, I'm not a vet. I'm just going off of what I've seen. My situation is actually a bit different, and I can elaborate more on that. The third type of benefit is the annual per incident, and that is where a plan establishes what a maximum is per year per incident. So let's say you have a very accident-prone dog uh, who keeps having the same issue. The insurance company is going to put a maximum amount that they will pay per year for said incident. And then the last uh, sort of benefit, if you will, that you need to, to think about is a lifetime maximum. That is something in which a insurance company says there is a max amount that that they will cover over the lifetime of your pet. Now, again, I'm making up numbers, but let's say they say, you know what, this plan has a maximum of $10,000, meaning it doesn't matter if you've met your deductible, 
If that bill is big, as soon as that dollar amount hits 10 grand, your coverage stops. One other really important note, pre-existing conditions are never covered. So if we think back to, if I think back to sitting in that parking lot, and I remember even Googling at that point, like, does it make sense to try to pick up a pet insurance policy? What's the waiting period? Everything I'd found for a dog my age was a high deductible, uh, going to have some degree of coinsurance, no pre-existing conditions, two-week waiting period. So uh, I was already behind the curve. But everything I had seen for her age was about $55 a month. Now, I know what you're thinking. $55 is not very much. You're right. For a dog that had a track record of being predominantly healthy, I opted to go a different route, which was set aside about $40 a month since she was about six years old, just kind of earmarked into a savings account. I know it's not quite the same, but my thought process was why spend money on insurance that she, and at the time, you know, that, that she will never use or see when I can set that money aside into an account for myself, have access to the principal, let it grow. Um, so I was lucky enough to have some, some thought in there and have some funds set aside. I'd also been setting aside money earlier in her life as well. Uh, so while I was caught by surprise with IMHA, I wasn't financially caught off guard. Now, if we think about, again, kind of the pros and cons, when an animal is much younger, the monthly amounts very, very low. So I would encourage anyone who has an outdoor pet that is active in any way, shape, or form, take a look at this stuff. Uh, I have heard about dogs that need ACLs uh, repaired because they were playing in the yard, took a funny turn, and... Next thing you know, they're, they're, you know, on a surgery table and it's a $6,000 bill. And again, 56% of Americans have 5K or less in their savings. And I doubt that that 5K is explicitly earmarked for their pets. It's one of those things where it's great peace of mind. And, uh, you know, again, strongly encourage everyone to look at it as a, as a perk. Now, you might be thinking, why am I talking about this as... Uh, you know, as something that you can get through a company, because I haven't mentioned that. There are employer options where your employer can make it payroll deductible, albeit on an after-tax basis. So it's not like we get to drop our pre-tax income like our medical insurance or, or our retirement plan, but they can help administer it. You can find it, uh, there's slews of companies. The first one that comes to mind is Nationwide. They have a pet program for employers. It's a totally voluntary benefit. Uh, you're, you know, you don't have to push this across every employee in your, your workplace. But offering it as a workplace perk can definitely, uh, you know, shift some people's thought process. Again, 67% of households own pets. So, I mean, that's almost 7 out of 10. That's a lot of people. And if we're able to offer them something that maybe they've seen, thought about, but never really had presented to them, it could change their perspective on it. Before I wrap up, I would like to say a big thank you 
to the staff at Blue Pearl Veterinary Hospital here in Tampa, Florida, that helped give me an extra 13 weeks with my dog. Uh, the team was absolutely fantastic. Uh, they were keeping me informed every step of the way. Um, it actually got to the point to the end where uh, when we would go for our weekly or semi-weekly uh, checkups for blood testing that my dog Kalua knew exactly where she was and was kind of excited. She knew uh, all the staff there. Uh, so my hat is off. They run an outstanding operation. Um, and again, they gave me an extra 13 weeks with a great companion. Um, and it's more that I could have ever asked for. So again, as we wrap up, just something else to think about as another great perk and, uh, you know, you never would want anyone to be in a situation to have to think, do I pay my bills this month or do I keep my animal alive because something happened? And that something is not always a traumatic event hit by a car or an ACL tear. In our situation, it was one traumatic event led by series of lab tests and follow-ups and prescriptions. And that started to run the tab pretty high up. So, you know, expenses can come in any way, shape, or form. I hope you found this beneficial, uh, giving you a, a different take on a perk. Uh, as always, I want to thank you for spending your time with me here in my story. It was the best way that I could talk about a great topic, but also honor the memory of a beloved and cherished pet. Go ahead and check us out on all of our platforms, uh, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review. Uh, tell your friends and family about Work Perks. We have a lot more great episodes coming, but I hope you enjoy this and uh, look forward to seeing you back here next week.